Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. And a big warm welcome to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories, brought to you by the Mass Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss. And today's guest isn't just any Minuteman, it's one of UMass's all-time leading scorers, UMass legend and alum, Rashawn Freeman. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're, you're, you're joining us from the, the Capital Region, right? Up in, uh, up in New York? Yes, yes. Schenectady, New York. Beautiful Schenectady, New York. And you returned there after a pretty incredible global career. How did you make it all the way back to, to, to Schenectady? I mean, for me, um, you know, just after my career, I wasn't quite sure where I was going to plant my feet. Um, but I always had a connection with my community, you know, so regardless whether, you know, like the ceilings are taller in different cities and things like that. For me, um, making it out of here um, and just being a success story, it was hard for me to, you know, um, turn my back on my community. So um, I've always, you know, had like a heart and just passion and energy for my community. Now, one of the reasons that we're talking to you is because you do have uh, such an important group that you lead and a, an important uh, job for yourself of, of connecting with your community. Uh, we saw a piece on you in the news about opening up a, a community center. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that came to be? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, like um, coming to UMass, one of my biggest dreams was is like, you know, one, I wanted to get my, I wanted to play well enough to get my jersey retired one day, right? And then my second one wasn't actually the NBA because I didn't really think that, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Like the NBA is so far fetched, you know, as, as like a freshman or whatever. But it's like one of my other dreams was to open up my own sports community center and my community because all of my memories, every good memory I have comes from being in and spending time in a community center, you know? So in the back of my mind, I, I said, if I can ever become a professional, you know, that's the first thing that I'm going to do. And you've gotten to do both. You, you got to play professionally for a dozen years. You were also a, a three-time all A-10 selection and, uh, we were just talking with Matt Goldstein, who mentioned a particular game against UConn, where I think you might have <laughs> jumped up on the table, uh, perhaps a little just, too early, 
Just going back to, but going back to your UMass days, uh, you know, do you have a favorite memory or a favorite game of yours that that you were involved in? It might shock everybody, but it was um, actually senior night. It was senior night because, um, you know, going to UMass, you know, there was a lot of people who might have thought, you know, just, you know, just by having, um, you know, a learning disability, speech impediment problem. I had a, a lot of things against me going to UMass, but UMass, I grew so much on and off the court, you know, and I've experienced a lot. And I, I grew, I was a shy kid coming to UMass and, you know, just, just experiences, just like another way of life, just the, um, the connections and like the friends that I grow to love. It's just like, I grew up a lot, you know? So I think, you know, my last game at UMass, it was so, it was a lot because it was like a chapter that was closing, you know? So I would, so I would say, because I mean, like besides the UConn game, like we actually went to GW when they were ranked, you know, um, fifth in the country undefeated and we upset them, you know, and, and I had a huge game. A lot of people don't talk about that, but that happened the same year. You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's a lot of, you know, memorable games. But for me, because of how much work and just dedication and passion I put into UMass, I think the last game was like one that I'd never forget. How did you find UMass and how did UMass find you? I'm going to be completely honest. You know, with, you know, how much I struggled in college, I mean, in um, high school and just really coming from where I, come from I didn't really have a big belief in what I could do after high school you know what I mean it, it like it wasn't until I went to the Nike All-American camp where I played really well and it was like Ray like you know you know like there's um ways that you could you know possibly go to college and further your career and you know further your academics and things like that and it's like before that my mind didn't think that big because of where I was from you know what I mean? But right after that school, I mean, right after going to the Nike All-American camp, like my eyes opened up and I'm like, you know, if I have a shot, you know, I'm going to jump on it. And it's like UMass was literally, literally the first school that, you know, reached out because I had tons of letters, you know, but um, because of my struggling in school, you know, a lot of those letters like fell off, but UMass was one of the schools that reached out to me. And because I was so excited and because of, you know, the warm welcoming, you know, um, visit I took and things like that. I, For me, you know, I have a good judge of character and the way they treated me. And the number one thing they said was that, you know, you you have the talent to start as a freshman, but that comes with a lot of responsibility because if you play well, you know, your name will rise and you know, like you'll have a target on your back. So just understand that if you do come and you play well, you know, there's a certain way you got to carry yourself and that whole sort of thing or whatever, you know. So that's what I wanted to hear because I just wanted an opportunity to prove how good I was. So it wasn't a hard choice for me, you know. So that was literally, UMass was the, the only school I visited. And before I left, I was like, you know what? I don't want them to change their mind. So I'm going to hurry up and sign before I even leave. And it's just like, so... For that, for UMass to be the only school I visited and to sign there, and for my career to go the way that it did, I would I would say like that was probably the the most important decision of my life. And it set you off on on quite a path. You played 
in a number of different countries across, I want to say three different continents. Do you have a favorite place that you got to oh, see man. or played in? I think honestly, um, I think it was Israel, actually. Israel, because you know, um, you don't often hear good things about Israel and things like that. But every every country I've played in, every American would tell me, like, if you ever get a chance to play in Israel, you have to give it a shot. You know, it's the most Americanized country. They all speak English. Every every city that you could play in is based on, you know, a beach. So it's just like it was just so laid back and like the weather is just like it was like by far for me, it was the most, you know, and it's a small country. So I could play in like the furthest place, but still be sleeping in my home. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, I, I love Israel. But, you know, it was, you know, France, Germany, Belgium, Russia, China. I played in all of those countries. And I, I think the experience of it just, you know, uh, allowed me to grow and see things and from a different perspective. And now you're back home where it all started. And you, know, you talked about how you, um, you know, you spent time in community centers playing growing up. Were there specific people that kind of like guided you or mentored you that you're trying to almost emulate or recreate nowadays? Bluetooth is ready to connect. I think for me, um, it's a lot of different people. But, you know, someone that sticks out to me was probably James Thomas. He actually played at Texas when they went to the final four. He was the one guy from, from where I was from Schenectady that played on a state championship, went to, um, Texas university, played in the final four, got, um, opportunity to play in the NBA and things like that. And, be, and we grew up together. So to see him and to see how, you know, you know, his involvement in the community and just the way his career blossomed like that allowed me to dream bigger, you know? So if, so if somebody had to stick out, it would probably bleed Jakey, James Thomas, because he he came before me, you know, so me seeing him at Texas made made me think that, you know, if I got a shot, you know, to play at a university like that, then I could do the same thing. And that's, you know, and like I emulated him in every way. I, you know, I wanted to get to where he got to. So you have now a physical property for your community center. What does your day to day look like these days? Yeah, so. I'm actually getting into the um, school district right now, you know, so I can be like more in tune with working the kids and getting into like the program that the um, school has to offer. And hopefully, you know, with the programs that I'm involved in, in the school district, it can kind of, when my um, event space opens up, we can kind of join and just do hand to hand programs and things like that. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's, it's super valuable. Uh, to to have to, to to be a kid and to have a, a place to go and a place to play and stuff like that and no one better to uh to learn from too. Uh, we've been asking everyone a little bit about nil and obviously nil didn't really exist when you were playing, but uh, no. <laughs> if it did, if it had existed, what would your dream like Amherst business have been to partner up with back in the day? I mean, I I never really thought about it. Um, wow. That's a good question. Um, I think because I love food so much, it would probably have to do something with food or some type of maybe. Um, what's that famous? Um, the hanger, maybe. Like <laughs> you know, like you know, I can't. Like I can see myself, you know, doing a commercial for them and things like that. I practically lived at the hanger. You know what I mean? Like the the wings and the drinks and things like that. It would it would probably be something like that. But 
who knows, man? I, I mean, like these kids, you know, um, with like the transfer portal and all of these things, it's just like, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm living in an, another time. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel old because it's just like, you know, like back then, like, you know, um, you know, like, like they would sell my jersey and it's like I would like I would have to buy it, too. You know what I mean? It's just like it's so <laughs> it's so different now. And now I would I would actually be able to sell my jersey. So it's just, you know, it just it just changed so much. And, you know, it has its pros and its cons. But, um, you know, like this is, you know, like like this is the time that we're living, in. you know. Who was the toughest guy that you played against to guard? Um, to be honest, I think what elevated my game was, and he played on my team. So I think with me and Stefan Lasme, right, um, you know, as we're retired now and things like that, like we would always like, you know, it was like the first time we actually said it, but like they, like we would say like, you know, you are actually the toughest opponent and he would say the same thing like even like even throughout the pros like we would say like you know even throughout him playing euro league and playing in the nba and things like that like he would say ray you were actually you know the toughest to guard because of all the moves you had and things like that and like for him he was the toughest guard for, because like he can play multiple positions you know it was really hard to like score on him because it's like he just blocked everything that came his way you know so the battles that we would have in practice I think we took it for granted, but we were making each other better every practice. And I, I think that, you know, you know, his like, so he wasn't much of a scorer, but you know, he was more defensive minded. So like we kind of complimented each other, but in practice we would go after it. But when we, you know, when we played together, you know, that's the reason why we played so well because of how much we battled in practice. Yeah, I was going to say, clearly, you guys complimented each other pretty well on the court. Oh, my goodness. But you were not like, going at it, you know, one on one. Perfect matchup. It was it was it was a perfect matchup. And it's just like, you know, before the games, we didn't have to say much. Like we just looked at each other, whether we were up or down. And, and, and we knew that, you know, we couldn't control like we didn't have the ball in our hands. But everything that we could control, we did. And we would always our goal was before winning the game. Our goal was to win our matchups, to outplay the other big men. So when it comes to that, me and Stefan was, I, I want to say we weren't undefeated, but we had a really good record at doing that, you know, just really, you know, outplaying any big men that we would play against. Without a doubt. If you could pick one player, and you can say yourself for this question too, but UMass down by one, 15 seconds left. You get a full shot clock. Uh, end of the game. What player would you like to take that final shot? And you you can absolutely say yourself for this. Because he had, you know, he had, oh, man, that's tough. And it has to be a UMass play. Yeah. It could be from any time period, though. You didn't have to play. You didn't have to play with him, though. Okay. Okay. That makes it. Okay. I would like, I would like, I would say Gary Forbes, Gary Forbes, because, you know, I trusted him because one, he was confident, but two, he put in the work, you know, like that was one thing about Gary. Um, I knew that he would blossom, especially after me and Stefan left because of the amount of work he put on 
put in before and after practice, you know, and you want to, um, you know, give the ball to players like that who you know that put in the work, you know. So Gary Forbes, most most likely, if I was double teamed, I'm either looking for Stefan or I'm looking for Gary for sure. But if you have a matchup one on one that you think you can take, you, you want to take that shot too? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I score with three people on me, like, you know what I mean? But, you know, um, yeah, I, I I think it would definitely be Gary. But I mean, you know, I was fortunate, you know, um, to play with a lot of good players at UMass. You know, he's just one that sticks out to me because I know that he wouldn't shy away from that moment. If people want to give to you for the purposes of uh, of your community center, whether that be their time, their money, their, uh, you know, objects, whatever it may be, what's the best way for people to uh, get in touch with you? I think for me, it would um, be um, do email or social media. You know, um, I'm on social media a, a lot now due to my um, organization promoting it and, you know, just getting a awareness out there. So it would be my social media is on Facebook and Instagram. It's just my name, Sean Freeman. And um, email is rayfreeman23 at yahoo.com. You know, um, I check my emails every day. You know, um, and it's the beginning stages of it. So, you know, just like with this podcast right here, you know, I'm just spreading awareness right now. And um, it's definitely going to be a process, you know, um, but I'm up for the task because it means a lot to me. And um, and yeah, on both media sites. Well, it's great to see, you know, a, a star giving back. Uh, I think it's really important. And thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, to hop on here today. Uh, Rashawn Freeman sharing his UMass basketball journey. And of course, thanks to everyone who tunes in to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. I've been Nathan Strauss. As always, go UMass. And we will talk to you soon. Go UMass. Thank you so much for hopping on. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball. And I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself. And I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass basketballs back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance, all the way. And remember, When you make that call or visit thenathanagencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So, UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.